Hello and welcome back to the Everything Must Go podcast. I am Steven, and with me as always is Brandon. Yes, we are back. No Tim, no Gentry. Hope that's okay. I know some of you are diehard Tim and Gentry fans, but uh, I don't know about you, Brandon, but I'm feeling good being back. Well, I just feel bad for our audience because Tim teased that we were going to talk about the number 70 because it was our 70th episode. So for any of you out there who are really excited to hear about us talk about the number 70, you're going to be disappointed, and I apologize about that. Yeah, we're sorry about that, but we are talking about a number, kind of. We're talking about the 2000s in this episode. This is inspired based on an episode that we did prior about the 90s. So now we're talking about the years 2000 to 2009. So sort of look at this as a sequel to that episode and some of the most pivotal years of our lives. Oh, yeah. Music, movies, it shaped who we are today for sure. I would be nobody without the years of 2000 to 2009. <laughs> I don't know how that would work otherwise. You can't just like. I've actually thought about that before. Would you just like take a vacation for like if you, someone could be like, all right, you can just bypass this year and just show up the next year? Would you want to do that? Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't. I don't know what the merit behind that would be. I, I guess maybe if my year was just going really <laughs> shitty, like starting january 1st i like had a big breakup or something and like i went bankrupt and all my family members died i'd be like yeah can i just skip this year and just see how things turn out <laughs> next year that's a, that's a pretty extreme scenario but well, i mean it's you know you gave you gave me an abstract question to start off so you know i'm Dude, thinking I'm on my an, toes <laughs> i'm an abstract kind of guy you know we needed some <laughs> We need some, uh, I was going to say we need something abstract after the last episode, but I don't think anything is more abstract than a Tim and Gentry episode. No, those are out there for sure. <laughs> Doesn't get much more abstract than that. That being the case, let's actually dive into these topics because the first one on here is my favorite thing. Uh, well, I guess we should, should we dive into just like the actual coming to the year 2000 since we kind of left off on the 90s do you remember specifically when we were about to hit the year 2000 and the anticipation of like the end of the world honestly it's funny that you wanted to talk about that because i don't remember that at all <laughs> which, really? is, which is probably why i didn't even think about putting it on our like notes today was because i was like when you said, I was like, dude, what am I going to say about that? I have no idea. I don't remember people talking about Y2K. I don't remember. I don't remember that whole, like, debacle. I just remember, oh, cool. 2000. It's sweet. Well, I like how you call it a debacle. <laughs> but it kind of, I honestly kind of was a debacle, though, to be honest with you, because people really were freaking out. Like, I had neighbors who genuinely were like, stocking up on food and stuff well i remember 2012 because the mayans their calendar supposedly ended i remember that people freaking out but i definitely don't remember y2k maybe i was just too young to remember anything of substance dude maybe that's it but i mean i was just gonna say i actually remember it quite well and i wanted to make one point on this my family actually had a 2000 like party where like 70 of us um, gathered together at a uh, hotel, and we threw this like huge party at this hotel, and then we got banned and we're never allowed back. <laughs> I think you told me about that before. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like it's worth mentioning because it was actually like so ridiculous that we actually did this. Might be one of the times that your like Italian uh, heritage lived up to the stereotype. 
<laughs> yeah, we absolutely like caused a huge scene there, but it was super fun. I enjoyed it a lot. I wish I would have been there. <laughs> Dude, what if you were there? You weren't. <laughs> All right, moving on. You weren't there. Moving on. <laughs> okay, so the first point that we have on here, uh, this is the year that Britney Spears released Oops, I Did It Again. Yes, 2000 specifically. This is uh, big things for the coming of age for Steven and I. We were big Britney Spears fans for specific reasons. Uh, not really. She was a really good singer. Yeah, exactly. Really good singer, <laughs> and she was really nice to cats. We were a big fan of that. I don't. I. I'll be honest. That one. I'm lost in that one. I, that you know, I'm just trying to. It's a smoke screen. All right. I don't know. I don't even know if she likes cats. I'm just saying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to throw people off the scent here. Oh, okay. Oh, that's what that is. I was just trying to figure it out. Yeah. Well, that's what it is. What I'll say about Britney Spears is Britney Spears was my first celebrity crush, oh, undoubtedly. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I was a very big fan. Oops, I did it again. Wasn't the first video where I was like, oh yeah. But when that video came out, I was I was hooked, hooked for life. She was she was a babe for sure. Yeah, I think I liked her, and then obviously I went on to like Jamie Spears, which is another 2000s-related thing. Yeah. I think, that weren't you kind of the same way in that manner? Yeah, well, I was like, <laughs> well, there's no way I'm going to have a shot with Britney Spears, but Jamie Spears is my age. I've got a shot with her. <laughs> Dude, I, for some reason, irrationally thought the same thing. I even, like, legitimately was like, you know what, I could actually become famous by the time, like, Jamie Spears is thinking about getting married, so, like, maybe this actually... <laughs> like, I had these just ridiculous thoughts back then. Yeah. It's pre- that's pretty dumb saying. to think about. I mean, uh, I don't think that she aged quite as well as Britney did, if I no. remember correctly, but... Britney has aged pretty well, actually. Oh, I mean, yeah. Britney's, Britney's pretty incredible. Like, back then, she's, she's, like, how I realized that I was a straight man. I was like, I don't know what's going on here, but <laughs> something about this woman... <laughs> Yeah, well, that's what I was talking about when I said coming of age. We were like, wait a second. I'm yeah. really into chicks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she had a couple of those crazy years in the 2000s that uh, you definitely didn't want to be a part of when she was with K-Fed and everything. But, oh, God, that I, guy. Well, that guy almost gave us hope. I was like, I'm better than that guy. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm better than this scumbag. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty sad, actually. Um <laughs> That's a good one. Okay, but another one, that was the year that Eminem performed The Real Slim Shady at the 2000s VMAs. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was the one where all, he had that big crowd of people that all dressed up like him. Did you watch that? I remember this time in particular because Eminem was the first time I was like, I actually kind of like this. And I remember telling my, my mom, I was like, yeah, I kind of like this. And she's like, no, this is this is terrible. I don't know what's happening to this generation. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that that is a good point. I remember, like, thinking it was taboo to watch, like, his music videos because he had that one where I think it was the real Slim Shady where he dresses up in a superhero costume and he has that those fake butt cheeks and he, like, squats over a guy and makes him eat his ass in the music video. <laughs> and this is just on regular TV. I'm a kid. I'm like, this is hilarious. And my... I remember I actually I had a conversation with my mom about some of the words that he used, and back then I, it, it was like between him and Limp Biscuit, 
and I was like singing the words and she's like you can't say those words and I'm like mom they're just words it's okay I was so ahead of my time with that stuff Dude, I, I remember genuinely thinking, like, dude, Eminem, this guy is so cool. I thought he was, like, the coolest guy ever. Oh, yeah. Like, I thought him and then right around the same time, I thought I thought NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys were, like, the coolest people ever. And I remember I never had the balls to do it, but I was like, I want to get, like, frosted tips in my hair. I so badly was like, I want to do this. I had I highlights. <laughs> I had highlights. Damn it. Really inspired. Than I was. Really inspired by NSYNC. Justin Timberlake. Well, JT was with Britney Spears. So it was like, if oh, I got, yeah, I know. He was, if I got any shot, I got to follow in his footsteps. <laughs> wow. I mean, I get it, to be honest with you, but at the same time, it's kind of stupid. <laughs> I mean, it was third grade, so cut me some slack. I'll cut you some slack. Was third grade a good year for you? Uh, we moved to a new city. I lived in Buffalo, Minnesota for two years for my third and fourth grade year. So uh, third grade was kind of not rough, but it was uh, just being a kid at a new school. It wasn't wasn't my favorite. What about you? Yeah, third grade was actually pretty solid. I mean, it was solid for me, but second grade was like arguably my best year up until middle school. So... It's probably a little bit of a, a little bit worse, but it was really good. So, I don't know, just a thought on it. Uh, do you remember? I actually do remember this next point when George Bush beat Al Gore for presidency. Yes. Do you remember this? I remember this because we actually did in my school in Buffalo, Minnesota. We did a pretend mock vote where all of the kids got out of class and we got to vote for them, and Bush won in our school. And I was ah. like, yeah, the guy that I voted for won. Oh, my gosh, in real life. Now, and I had no idea what it was all about. But I just thought it was cool that the guy that I voted for in school ended up winning. <laughs> but it was – Actually, a lot that's of, pretty interesting. Yeah, there was a lot of – because didn't Al Gore make them recount like five times? Well, it was that close. I mean, I think Al Gore actually got more votes than Bush, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think that was It true. just happened to work out he didn't win the Electoral College, which is insane to think that that would actually happen. Well, isn't that what happened with Trump and Hillary Clinton? She won the popular I know. I, I think I'm... I think it might happen then too. It was really close. That was another super, super... We've had a couple of insanely close elections during our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was another crazy one too. But... Yeah, I remember because we did something similar in my class, and Bush won in my class by like twenty-one votes to three or something. Oh, really? Which gives you an idea of <laughs> what kind of stuff the parents were uh, pushing on their kids back then. Yeah, well, yeah, I, re- I do remember that. I do think about that, especially living in Buffalo, Minnesota, which is a lot more uh, out in the boonies compared to like mm-hmm. if I were to live in a suburb of Minneapolis. So I'm oh, not yeah. surprised that maybe my kid brain was like, well, I hear people talking about Bush all the time, so I guess that's who I want to vote for. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I exactly. Uh, I If you guys were wondering, back then I did vote for Bush, I think, in that election. I don't 100% remember, but I'm pretty sure I did. But keep in mind, we're in third grade. This was <laughs> so it didn't count. This for anything. isn't actual voting. It's a dumb. This is like eight. This is an eight-year-old with literally no knowledge of how the world works. Put your put your pitchforks away, folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was I was very very dumb. Uh, Tiger Woods became the youngest player to win a Grand Slam, dude. Tiger Woods was all the rage back then. Yeah. Even I liked him. I hate golf. 
Yeah, well, he, I feel like, made golf cool, and he was so dominant all the time. Like, I, I do remember, because my grandma, uh, like, my mom's mom is a huge fan of golf, and every time that we would go to family events or over to her house, she'd want to have it on, and I was like, oh, we're watching golf, but every time Tiger Woods would come on TV, I was like, this guy is incredible, and uh, then they made a video game using his name. He was He was so, so dominant back then. It's crazy to think of a, a a world where Tiger Woods isn't on top because of how long he was on top during our childhood. Yeah, Tiger Woods was like legitimately he, he definitely made golf cool because even I took an interest in golf back then. Like I remember like I think I got into the game Mario Golf, which has absolutely nothing to do with Tiger Woods, but I was just like, oh, it's like golf. Golf's cool because Tiger Woods is cool. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that that happened with me as well, so I get it. Well, they've actually been talking about how golf has lost popularity, and they think it's because Tiger Woods literally kept the sport interesting and, like, he kept it alive. He made it cool. Mm-hmm. Probably. I mean, it's that happens with other sports, actually. too. I mean, you think of the NBA. Um, if LeBron hadn't come along after Jordan left, I think the NBA would have – had a huge plummet and i think there were actually some years before lebron became just insane again where mm-hmm. the nba just wasn't quite as popular because jordan was no longer around so you have those people those at those specific athletes that are like once in a generation talents that that really bolster what sport they play so i get it Oh, yeah. I mean, sports need big icons. It's definitely one of the reasons why baseball has struggled a little bit in recent years, because who is this big baseball icon that anyone ever talks about? Yeah. Ever since Derek Jeter, there really hasn't been anybody. Right. Well, I I think baseball kind of tries to push keeping people down a little bit because it's it's like the old man's game. You know, it's the it's the I mean, yeah. Who is the guy? It's isn't it Trout and. I mean, Trout is, and the weird part is that like Trout is undoubtedly the best player in baseball. It's like one of the only times I could ever say that there's no doubt who the best player is. It's definitely Mike Trout. But he's, he wins by like every metric. He's got no personality, so it's like he <laughs> can't really make that guy the face of the league. Um, no. So yeah, exactly. It's kind of blah. Like Ken Griffey Jr. was like super awesome. Like when we were. In the 90s, it was like, Ken Griffey Jr. is so cool. Well, then Manny Ramirez was a big personality, too. And Pedro Martinez, like that whole... And we'll talk about that Red Sox team that broke the curse later on. Well, the next thing on here is, I mean, it is baseball-related, the New York Yankees being the New York Mets. That was the, if I remember correctly, is that the 2000 or the 2000? Is is this when it was right around September 11th when this happened? Um, Or was the year before? Let me, I got this from a specific site, so let's see here. I'm trying to remember what – because I, I remember this very distinctly because I remember hearing about this subway series. At the time, I didn't understand what that meant. And it's like, oh, we, they could literally just take the subway. I don't think they actually do that, but <laughs> that's not. how close it is. Can you imagine riding the subway and it's like an, an, the it's entire like Mike Yankee. Piazza's on there. <laughs> like, Yo, what's up, yeah. Mike? Hit a couple bombs for me. <laughs> yeah, it'd be pretty funny. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, I mean, that's that's pretty cool just to think that – two New York teams were in the World Series. I mean, that was probably like a – I don't remember watching that, but I can just imagine because isn't that – I mean, it's not really a rivalry as much anymore probably because the Mets have been so bad for so long. But, I mean, two New York teams. I know like the Giants and – well, yeah, the Giants and the Jets had a similar thing, but now the Jets have been bad for so long. So I could see that being a huge a huge series. 
Oh yeah, no, it, it definitely was. I remember like ESPN was so big. Like so it was something I, I watched. I mean, not that ESPN isn't big now, but there was something special back in the day when oh, yeah. you would wake up, like wait for the bus and just like have ESPN on and see all the highlights and I remember thinking yeah. how cool this like big New York Yankees against the New York Mets. It was like I mean, you you can't plan for anything to be that perfect. I do remember hating the Yankees from pretty much day one because they back then. I mean, they're still always good, pretty much. But back then, it was like unstoppable. <laughs> yeah, just, I think they 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 won four years in a row. Like yeah. that is nuts. <laughs> it's crazy. I hate I don't know it. how they did that. Yeah, because baseball, there's so much like weird chance like i have no idea how they managed to do that like i don't know if that'll ever ha- i mean i say it'll never happen again like it, it maybe it will but it just seems nuts yeah i mean honestly the patriots winning the super bowls as many times as they have with tom brady <laughs> seems nuts too so no oh, th- no it, things are it, possible that's probably even more incredible honestly so how how do we want to talk about the popular musicians and popular films? Do you want to go yeah. down a couple of them? Well, so I'll start with popular films, and we can just kind of – so I, I got this from uh, thepeoplehistory.com. I'll read off some of these, and if they spark any memories or any thoughts, uh, just bring them up. I figured after popular musicians, you and I have a couple bands back in the 2000s that were a big part of our childhood. Oh, so yeah. They're not on this list, but we can definitely talk about them. So for popular films, we have How the Grinch Stole Christmas with Jim Carrey. I saw that in theaters. I love that movie. <laughs> I so. saw that in theaters. I remember there was some girl in that I thought was super cute back then. Oh, yeah. I remember, I remember thinking about that. She she was on Gossip Girl as well, but she ended up having a bunch <laughs> of like drug issues and stuff. Like she was, oh, no. Yeah, she was, she, those child stars have a tough time. Um, the next oh, movie yeah. on here is Castaway with Tom Hanks. Did you, did you see that movie, or have you? I've actually, I mean, I've seen part of that movie, but I've never actually seen that movie in its entirety before. Wilson! But I, I always make fun of it, yeah. Because <laughs> that scene I've seen a bunch of times. Yeah, that's a good movie. Uh, Mission Impossible 2, uh, Gladiator. Oh, Gladiator was huge. I remember pretty much anybody that played football was like, Oh, yeah, you know what movie I watch before I go out in the field? Gladiator. It gets me pumped, man. That yeah, was... I've, I've never seen that movie before, actually. Oh, I my must gosh. Have been like, I must have been weird back then, right? Dude, you should watch it. I remember that movie, but I personally, I personally never saw it. Are you not entertained? Russell Crowe, man, is so fucking good. I think he won Best Actor for that performance. Uh, what women, that sounds familiar. What Women Want, uh, The Perfect Storm. Meet the Parents, that movie was hilarious when it came out with Ben Stiller and Robert De Niro. Uh, the first X-Men. Mm-hmm. You could argue that uh, those X-Men movies started this whole uh, super or superhero thing um, in film. That's really. weird because I, I didn't... S- I didn't see the first X-Men movie. And I th- keep in mind, the 2000s is the decade that I watched a lot of movies. Like, this is, if there's one decade that I lo- watched the most movies, it would be the 2000s. But I've never saw the X-Men movie. As far as I know, I don't remember it if I did. It was, uh, it was pretty good. I actually really liked it. A lot of people think that was the best one. But like I said, I think that arguably started the whole superhero fascination well, in film. The Spider-Man, uh, the first Spider-Man, I think in 02... That was a big that one. one was my. That was like 
that got me really into superhero movies for a little bit. Well, and then a lot of people argue Spider-Man 2, which what it came out like it's, 2005. It's better. Yeah. Spider-Man 2 is my favorite superhero movie of all time. A lot of Love people think that's like the best superhero movie of all time. So, um, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Then we got Scary Movie, which that was another like taboo <laughs> thing that my parents. I, I actually have. Okay I have actually watching. one thing to say. I have one thing to say about that. There was uh, one, probably the hardest I've ever laughed in my entire life at a movie was in Scary Movie 4. I watched that movie, and back like in middle school and high school, it was like the fun thing to do was to go to the movies. And I remember specifically seeing Scary Movie 4, and my friend like the entire time was just like <laughs> narrating the movie kind of. And I, I laughed so hard. Like, I was like crying laughing from that movie. And it's like actually a pretty bad movie. <laughs> It it's bad. really not that good. It's not that funny. <laughs> I walked away thinking it was the funniest movie of all time. Well, that movie, I feel, I, I guess I don't really know because I I was young, but I feel like that movie started a trend of those parody movies as well, like not another Yeah, like disaster movie, movie yeah, and disaster epic movie, movie and stuff yep. too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it definitely did. What Lies Beneath, which was like the first scary movie, like the actual first scary movie that I watched. Um, that was pretty good. Aaron Brockovich uh, and Billy Elliot. Those are the last films that are on this list. So uh, we move on to musicians here. Lenny Kravitz. He was big back then. Everyone thought he was hot as shit. Yeah, American woman. <laughs> yeah, <back> American woman. Blink-182, which huge part of my childhood for sure. Uh, my dad loved Blink. I liked Some Forty One more. Actually, did you know that? Yeah, I think you've told me. I was that. more the Some Forty One guy. You just have horrible. Yeah, I mean, opinions. I like Blink too. I get it. U <laughs> two. That's a bad. U two is big. U two has like their longevity is nuts. They've been around for so freaking long. Um, we had In Sync. That was those boy bands were huge back then. So In Sync and Backstreet Boys. The the Red Hot Chili Peppers were big. Madonna was big. Faith Hill, Oasis. Um, were you a big Oasis fan back then? Uh, not as much. I weirdly enough got into Oasis like in the last few years. I feel I like really like Oasis. A this lot. is actually a trend with you, where you'll like get into old bands <laughs> way later. <laughs> oh, dude, no, it's hundred percent. I became by far the biggest Eminem fan in like 2013. <laughs> I just miss everything by, like, a good 15 years. Uh, 15 years later, I like to look back. <laughs> bon Jovi was big back then. Kylie Minogue. Uh, Santana. I remember Santana being on a ton of pop songs that just, like... Smooth. Had yeah, these Smooth inc- was, like... Incredible guitar riffs. Um, Britney Spears is on the list. We talked about her already. Uh, the Eurythmics. Weren't they the ones that did... Uh, Sweet dreams are made of these. Mm. All I know is Marilyn Manson does a cover of that song. Oh, okay. Uh, R.E.M. was big. Uh, Pink, funny story, Pink's Misunderstood album was the first CD I ever bought. (laughs) I was a big fan of Pink. The irony of that, because you've always been misunderstood. Exactly. Uh, And then Coldplay is the last one on this this list which was huge for me as a kid but a band that we wanted to talk about and maybe a trend that started in the 2000s (laughs) 
was the emo scene, and I know that was big for you. So talk a little bit about that for you. Yeah, so I had to include well, – when uh, Brandon was putting this script together for this episode, I was like, wait, where's the emo stuff at? It just I didn't see emo listed on there anywhere. No My Chem, no Taking Back Sunday. I felt a little disappointed. So I had to make sure that we included this because I would say that Taking Back Sunday and then My Chem like, were the two bands – that got me into emo music or like that whole scene and i leg- i was the guy who had like um the side swept bangs like i wouldn't really say my hair was like over one eye but like it was like very long like i think it went like over my eyebrows like it was just pretty long and uh i was just really inspired by that type of scene like i had i don't know i just i love the whole like emo and scene scene <laughs> and i go into concerts i was big and going like I saw like Fallout Boy, I don't know. There was a lot of those bands that I was really into back in the day, and uh, a couple of them still stick with me. Like, I mean, we've kind of talked about before how like My Chemical Romance gets like a bad rap because they're kind of lumped into the whole emo thing, but they're actually like a. I want to say they're actually a good band because some of those other bands are okay too, but they're they are way more than just this emo band. So yeah. I I love that band personally. They're one of my favorites of all time, and. Definitely something that me and you became friends on was just like talking about music because you know we don't have the most overlap in our musical taste, but definitely the My Chem and the Taking Back Sunday overlap. And Taking Back Sunday, I got into when I was playing baseball. Well, it must have been like seventh or eighth grade, like when we would like travel to the different cities. I remember one of the days in the car, they started blasting 2020 Surgery. I remember this day like it was yesterday. That was the first time I ever heard Taking Back Sunday other than Make Damn Sure. And I was like, wow, this band has a good other songs. And then I got louder now, and I was like, this band's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember seeing uh, Make Damn Sure, the music video for it on like VH1, Top 20. I used to watch it a lot in the 2000s. And oh, yeah. I would, that's how I would kind of discover music. Um, and I was just like, this is so freaking good. And my dad would always give it shit because – around that time was when a lot of those like emo bands were coming out and he just thought that they were just a trend that was going to die out which is kind of what happened like you don't see them as much at least not in in uh mainstream stuff um yeah like simple plan and all that stuff uh dude simple plan that's probably the band i regret the most being into of any band yeah definitely i remember they what they had that one really big sappy song. Un- was it Untitled or something like that? Do you remember that song? <laughs> Dude, Untitled and Perfect. Like okay. Those are pretty much both one and the same song. <laughs> yeah, just super <laughs> sappy. But I, I definitely uh, jammed to those a little bit. But, yeah, My Chemical Romance was huge. I remember watching Helena on TV. and uh, But it was weird because I remember watching Helena on TV but then they performed at like the VMAs or something, and they were awful live. At least Gerard's <laughs> oh, yeah. voice was really bad compared to the recording. And um, I think my dad, pretty much my opinions were made by my dad back then. <laughs> so I think he's like, "Oh, these guys are awful live." So I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, they're they're garbage." But then they, when I saw, I remember I was running on the treadmill down in the basement, and on mtv they did a trailer or a preview for welcome to the black parade and i was like no this is <laughs> our like the best song i've ever heard in my life this is incredible Dude. and i was hooked from then on out 
Oh yeah, like I've always been into those overly epic songs. Like one of my favorite songs of all time is "Stairway to Heaven" by Led Zeppelin. I love uh, "Bohemian Rhapsody" by Queen. I always love these like big over the top anthems. And I remember um, I was at a football game back, like a high school football game. I don't know, middle school maybe. Well, yeah, like, the song came out in two thousand six. So yeah, I was probably like eighth grade or something. Ninth grade. I was actually ninth grade. Now that I'm thinking about it. And I remember one of my friends saying, "Hey, uh, you should check out the new My Chemical Romance song. I think you're really gonna like it." And then I checked it out and i was like this is this is like maybe the best song i've ever heard yeah it was so sick they're so freaking good (laughs) man and i do agree with your point about how like they i think that that three cheers for sweet revenge album definitely can be thrown lumped in with the whole emo scene idea Mm -hmm. but they definitely transcended that i mean even the black parade has a little bit of emo stuff but i feel like they started to become more epic and then by danger days they were like creating these these new universes of, of uh, creativity and epicness. And it was, they were just, they were way more than just an emo band, which is, I think, why uh, they were so good. Yeah. Yeah. And Taking Back Sunday was just like something that you and I, we just liked. I mean, hence, even the name of this podcast has a Taking Back Sunday inspiration to it. Exactly. Yeah. So both of those bands are huge for us. I don't miss any of the, I mean, I miss the emo times a little bit, but I uh, I miss I think emo. It, I, I think it's gonna die out. I, I never knew him, <laughs> but just looking at pictures of him, I definitely miss him. He looks sick. He is sick. <laughs> he is sick. You were carrying a little bit of that emo stuff into when we met. I feel like you had a little bit Was of it? that look still. I feel like <laughs> you wore your earrings a lot more. Yeah, um, that's true. I feel like you dressed a lot darker than you do now. Uh, maybe so. I mean, <laughs> I, it, I I always carry a bit of that with me, so like no doubt. <laughs> um, all right. So from that, it's not really like the best leapfrog into the next topic, but w- the m- biggest thing that happened throughout the world in the two thousands was September eleventh. So from your perspective, where were you, and like what went through your head? Uh, I was in school. I remember. I hadn't heard any. I don't. I, I remember specifically not knowing about what was going on until I got to school. And when I got to school, uh, I remember on the TV there was a pic. There was video of one of the towers with fire coming out of it and smoke and stuff. And I had no idea what was going on. But I just remember in that time, I went back home because it was obviously very serious. When I went home after school. My dad was like, I might end up having to go into the army. Like, so things were, that was huge. Because think now, like, uh, there, are, there are people less sold on the idea that America's number one. But back then, America was number one. Like, that was. Yeah, that's uh, a good point, actually. Everybody thought we were untouchable. So to see that we got attacked by something was like, holy shit, what the fuck is going on right now? Where were you? Uh, I actually remember exactly where I was because it was picture day. And I was in line to get my picture taken. And there was an announcement played over, like, the intercom. And it was... Um, actually, ironically, I was just thinking about this. The guy's name was... His last name was Trump. Like, this teacher. <laughs> now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, this is actually... I wonder if they're related. I guess I don't technically know. But it was like, uh, can you come to the office? It's not an emergency, was the announcement throughout... The school it's not and i was like 
it's not an emergency makes me feel like it probably is an emergency. Like, I know I'm just a nine-year-old kid. Like, what do I really know? But I was obviously a little bit suspicious as to what this could possibly be. Um, and then we, in my, as soon as I got done with picture day, like, I went into my classroom, and I could tell my teacher was, like, very distraught. And she was like, so, guys, uh, I got to tell you that there was some planes that crashed into some buildings, and uh, everything's going to be okay, but, you know, some people are going to be very upset about this. And, like, that's pretty much just how she worded it. And then within the next hour, I got a message, like, Stephen, come down to the office. And then my mom took me out of school and uh, pretty much just said, like, you know, I'm just playing. Like, she she made it seem like, you know, I just want to take you out of school just in case. Like, I think everything's fine, but just in case I want to take you out of school. So I remember that a lot, though, because... That that exact messaging of it's not an emergency like clicked with me and I'm like oh my god what's going on here but I definitely did not understand what what happened yeah. like I don't know I I don't think I understood the magnitude of it until maybe like a decade later like honestly I don't I don't really think it fully grasped it until a lot later well two things number one imagine that perspective of being that teacher that has to tell these kids who probably aren't going to understand what's going on that hey something big just happened like how do you how do you even deliver it how how, you don't know how they're gonna take it and you're also they're not your kids so it's like how do i present this how are their parents gonna present like it's it's pretty nuts and uh what was the second i was gonna say something else too uh forget it it was not important i guess because i just completely blanked on what i was (laughs) what i was gonna say Uh, i i mean you're you're definitely right it was it was a very tough situation. It had to have been as a parent to figure out how to articulate it. And as a teacher and anyone who was surrounded by the youth, it would be pretty difficult to figure out how to do that. Because as, as you said, like where, what is your role within that? Like what, what, did, what are you ultimately trying to get across? Exactly. Yeah. It's, oh, the second thing I was going to say that made me think of it is thinking now like that is a, a huge thing that happened in our world but thinking now how many people never experienced that that were born after 9-11 that are yeah i know experienced in a world that really changed because well i guess not a world but i mean like in a little way a little bit how the world changed but really america how america changed after those attacks um thinking those people are just they just are seeing the result of what happened they don't they didn't actually experience it so it's pretty crazy yeah that's undoubtedly the biggest event that's happened during our lives in mm-hmm. terms of like just sheer world impact like that had a huge ricochet for sure yeah so on to something a little bit lighter first iPod <laughs> yes <laughs> the iPod like talk about you know, we're we're of the generation where I did have cassette tapes at one point, like just just barely old enough that I remember having cassette tapes, and I had. But my my first um, music experience, like I had a Walkman or like that like CD a CD player. Um, I would I would listen to music on my CD player, but then all of a sudden this iPod thing shows up. Right right I think it was like right after the MP3 players. I never had like the mp3 player i just like went right into the ipods um but that was a huge game changer when the ipod came out and even though it kind of sucked because it didn't hold that many songs on it it was amazing that you could just like buy individual songs like wait i don't have to buy a whole cd 
from this band, I can just buy like my the one song I want by them. It's like it was it was a much different world back then. Well, even with before the just buying the songs, there was Napster. Where Napster really changed the game, where it was you could download all these songs for free. And uh, but that is a good point. Is uh, this was the start of albums really losing their validity in and record labels were collapsing because of this huge change. I do remember I never had an iPod um, growing up, but I did have an MP3 player. Like I just Ah, a standard MP3 player. And I remember it was one of my favorite things to have. And I would listen to my music with my headphones on on the way to school. And people would make fun of me because I'd be in the back of the bus, like head bobbing to shit. And they're like, what the hell is this guy doing? But it was just cool to have this thing that you could escape in. Um, but again, this is like so many things in technology were were just transforming uh, back then, and we were really part of that first wave of these insane advancements. Um, well, I actually have a follow up on this. As somebody who has, I mean, you've been a part of music, like it's been a big part of your life. Did you feel bad back then? when you would get songs without paying for them? Or do you think that you were just like everyone else? Well, when the the whole Napster thing happened, I was too young to really understand the concept of what it meant to mm-hmm. take these songs for free. These, So it was just, I was just doing what my dad was, what my mom and dad were doing. They were, everybody used Napster, you know, that had music. Yeah, yeah. And my parents are younger because they had me when they were 16. So they actually knew about this stuff. And so for me, it was just like, oh, cool. I got all these songs. But then once it started becoming a thing where Napster got shut down and, and buying music was a legitimate thing, as I got older, I did make it a point to, if I actually like a song, and I'll still do it to this day because I know as an artist that this is like your, the art that musicians create, the, their, the songs and stuff, that's their job. That's what they work for. So I think if you appreciate it, they they deserve the compensation to support them to keep making their art. So if I like find a song on Spotify, a lot of times I will, even though I can just listen to it on Spotify and over and over, over and over again, I'll buy it on iTunes just to be like, you know, I'm supporting these artists and stuff. So I didn't get it back then, but I definitely grew to understand it as I got older. And yeah, it was, I, I don't know. I was I was just curious because your perspective is gonna be different than mine. Because like I think. I mean, I've always kind of felt bad about like get taking free music because I'm like, these people put their heart and soul into things. Um, but it, I mean, it's just it, the whole world transitioned a lot with their whole thoughts on music over the last like two decades. It's yeah. just completely different than it was before. Well, and I will say this wasn't in the actual decade of the 2000s, but I will say that this stuff informed my decision to sell my first EP rather than just give it away for free. Because you, as an artist, sometimes it's you get caught in that thing of, do I just want to give away my songs for free so that I have an easier chance for people to listen? Or do I want to sell them to not set that precedent of, oh, my stuff is free for you guys? And back then I decided I'm going to sell my EP because this is the career that I'm pursuing and this is what I'm going to create. So if you want to support me, you can buy my EP. Um, so that is interesting. interesting to think about. It is interesting. Um, yeah, my first iPod, by the way, was the iPod Nano. I think I had a, I had a black iPod Nano. 
my friend had one of those and I loved it. It was the Nano was sweet. wasn't that the like the skinny long one, right? Wasn't that the Nano? Yeah, I've well, there's it depends because there's also the Shuffle, which is like the one that doesn't even have a screen on it. Yeah, not that I, one. The Nano was like one. Yeah, then yeah, then you're probably thinking of the right one. It's like one size bigger than that. Yeah, it was awesome. Honestly, it was I like, like I think I had the, I got it when it was in color. I think. I think before that it wasn't, or I don't, I don't remember exactly. I also remember like when the first iPods I could play videos, like the iPod video. It was this crazy idea. Yeah. You could play videos on there. <laughs> I never got that one, but I wanted it. I was like, this is so cool. To think about how um, <laughs> that seems so lame now with, with smartphones and iPhones. Yeah, I know. But it was crazy back then. You know, the next thing on here is exactly what I didn't like about the 2000s, which is, and I really, this is my least favorite thing. It was a reality TV show. I, which is so, I think why I hate a reality TV show is like the exact opposite reason as to why I like YouTube so much. I like YouTube so much because you actually get to experience reality. Like, yeah, people are fake on there. I get it. I'm not like delusional to think that everything on there is completely real. But reality TV show is like what, would be like my worst nightmare that to happen to YouTube, which is it's not actually reality. The whole thing is scripted. The whole thing is just trash. I hated it. Um, you mentioned a few ones like <sighs> Real World, American Idol, Jersey Shore. Well, I'll actually comment on all three of these really quick. American Idol, I actually watched it and I enjoyed it. I think that's one of my favorites. Jersey Shore is my like least favorite show ever, pretty much. I hate that show. In real world, I think the real world Austin, I actually watched like every single episode, and that is the only time I ever watched that show. But I hate Jersey Shore. I do remember, didn't they used to have these competitions where it was like real world versus road rules or something? I don't Those know, are dude. two separate I... MTV reality shows. <laughs> They're just such bullshit. <laughs> and so they would take the cast of these certain seasons and they'd bring them together and have them do competitions, which that was another thing where those reality competition shows, like didn't Survivor come out in the 2000s too? And uh, The Amazing Race, like that kind of stuff started coming out. Yeah, I'll, I did watch American Idol. I was a big fan of American Idol. Um but uh, Jersey Shore, I could not stand. Jersey Shore was basically oh. everything I didn't like about. <laughs> Dude, I, I can easily explain why I hated Jersey Shore. Uh, I hated Jersey Shore because, well, as Miguel said in the chat here, uh, yeah, I'm embarrassed by the people of Jersey Shore. But specifically, the most annoying part of that show was when that came out, everyone started calling me Guido, which I'm like, all right, so now this is a thing. And then everything that I would do, it was like, dude, nice Guido shoes. And I'm like, you don't even know what you're t- – this is, doesn't even make any sense. These are just like Adidas shoes. Like, <laughs> now you're just saying stuff. These are just Pumas. Like, I don't even – it was really <laughs> – it was like – it would like really piss me off. I just that, – that image is funny to me. Nice Adidas. Yeah. These are Pumas. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Just the whole – the whole thing was very stupid. I hated it. I'm glad that people don't talk about that show nearly as much now. Well, that's why... I, I hate reality shows. That's why I put this next one uh, next, because I figured this topic would, would pick up your spirits right after the reality <laughs> yeah, show. Wait. Yeah. Yeah, so the Red Sox break the curse. Do you remember that season? I do. Uh, this was in 2004. Uh, they had not won the World Series since 1918, and... 
I remember, I mean, this is the big comeback. They were down three games to zero, um, and they came back and won the last four games. And I was rooting for them. I was like, please beat the Yankees. I'm so sick. These guys just keep winning. Um, yeah. So by the time like they got to the World Series to face, I don't even remember who they faced, to be honest. I think it was... I don't even know. It was just like beating the Yankees is what they had to do. Because they, they came back in that series in the ALCS, went on to the World Series, and don't even know who they played because it didn't matter because I knew they were going to win at that point. Well, yeah, the the beating the Yankees was nuts because they, weren't they down three games to none? Yeah, and that had never the, happened ever. In the fourth game, they weren't they down like 11-0 to zero or something? Like it was something ridiculous. Like, uh, that, it definitely wasn't 11-0. Well, they been. were about to lose that game is my point. And then yeah, they yeah. had a huge comeback, a huge surge at the end. And... From there, it was like, wait, are these guys going to do it? I think they went to extra innings the next, like, two games. Wasn't the last game, game seven, in extra innings? Uh, see, that I don't remember. I just remember when they actually had won that. I was super pumped. And then MVP Baseball 2005 was, like, all about them. Like, tons of focus on them. And, like, Maeve Ramirez is on the front cover. And... uh MVP Baseball 2005 is still one of my favorite games ever. Super fun. Love those games. I still play that game every once in a while. It's like one of the few video games I like go back and actually will play. Yeah. That was a good season. It was uh, it gave me hope that the Indians someday would win a World Series. Unfortunately, it's been 15 years since then, and they haven't. <laughs> they Indian. went to the World Series you know, a few years ago. The Indians have been to three World Series during my lifetime. And they've lost all three of them. If you actually think about it, I've actually seen three World Series and how many NBA championships? Five? I think I've seen the Cavs in the championship five times. I've legit seen nine championships with my team in it, and we've won one of them. That's about as bad as it gets. <laughs> yeah. No, that is tough. And well, also just you losing LeBron twice. <laughs> Not once, but twice. Yeah, don't, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> well, that was actually... That was a big thing that happened in the 2000s. When we signed LeBron James, uh, I remember it like yesterday. Like when we drafted him over Carmelo, like that draft was such a big deal. I was at my friend's house, and I was like, we got the guy. We got him. Like, this is going to be so cool. I didn't think he'd be going to become arguably the greatest player ever, but it was awesome. It was awesome. Those are the days. Ooh, ooh, I like this next one. This is the social media stuff. Social media became like a big thing in the 2000s. Facebook, MySpace, this was everything. This legit was actually everything in our lives back then. You had a MySpace, did you not? Oh, yeah. MySpace was huge for me. See, I loved MySpace for a couple of reasons. Uh, you could you could take custom templates and like make your MySpace look however you wanted to make it. So I always I always argued with people that use Facebook back then because I was like Facebook is so boring, you can't like customize your page at all. On MySpace, I can have my top eight friends, I can have like an anthem on my page because you could pick a song and have that song oh, yeah. play when you went to the page, and you could like use these custom templates. So I had this like this flaming baseball in the background of my. <laughs> it was so- so stupid but i just thought it was so badass and then you could also use gifs for your picture so it was like a picture of me pitching or a gif of me pitching which was dope i was pretty much badass back then. 
I think actually I was in the same. Uh, you know what's funny? Hold on a can- second. What? You're oh. fucking rolling your eyes like this is cringy. This is fucking emo Steven back then with his fucking hair flip. All right. Look at pictures of you, and you want to act like because I had a gif of me pitching a baseball on my MySpace page, I was just ridiculously cringy. All right. Calm your fucking tits, Dude, pal. Dude, I wasn't cringy. I was cool. All right. That's yeah, the big difference that, here. Yeah, totally. That's, oh, that's what that is. Oh, that's what that is. Okay, I was just, I was just trying yeah. to figure out real quick. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But objectively, I was really cool back then, so I don't... I, I, I understand the hostility. Are you sure you weren't the emo one back then? <laughs> uh... I actually... I think I was... I agreed. I think I was more into MySpace at first, too, and then... I loved Facebook, though. I really... I really, like... I, I, be, I wasn't, like, the big Facebooker that would, like, post all the time, but, like, I definitely... To the cute girls would be like, yo, like, add me on Facebook. See, I don't even remember <laughs> having a Facebook until maybe junior or senior year. Like, it was a long time. Because I remember when I moved to Tennessee, I think sophomore year, I was still, like, checking back, checking in on my friends on MySpace from from uh, from Coon Rapids. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, but that's because I was more the tech guy back then. I was in I was in Facebook freshman year of high school. I was they used to call me tech tech guy. Oh, that's what that is. Gotcha. Yeah. I yeah I got a MySpace. I, I must have got that in like middle school, and then freshman year of high school I got Facebook. I really liked Facebook, and that was yeah that was like all the two thousands was was Facebook. I didn't really use anything else. I mean I watched. Not even really YouTube then. Yeah, it was pretty much just Facebook dominated back then. Yeah, it once did. we got past the MySpace what, days. Yeah, once MySpace went downhill, Facebook was just the king of everything. Like if you didn't have a face, I mean, people still like when I tell them I don't have a Facebook. Every once in a while, I get people like, "You don't have a Facebook?" But if I wouldn't have had a Facebook back then, you definitely would have been left out. Like the whole FOMO, fear of missing out thing, that would have been a big shocker to people back then. Oh, yeah, unfortunately, the one negative that did come with Facebook was, I don't know if you experienced this, but if you had a crush on a girl, it was, like, always weird to see them. Like, you could actually, like, see into their life now. Like, before, you were like, I don't know what their life is like. But then now, all of a sudden, you could, like, go on their Facebook. And, like, that was just a weird experience for me. I, do, I did not like that. I definitely do remember. That's a really good point. Because I definitely do remember you got to see as, like, teenagers with all these hormones, these girls that you, like, had crushes on. It kind of created this romanticism of them. This was the first time of people like presenting a uh, a public persona or profile mm-hmm. that was like attractive. So you would romanticize yep. these girls that you had crushes on and be like, "Gosh!" I mean, I told I talked about how I picked up skateboarding because all these girls that I had crushes yeah, on, they liked skateboarders, and I was I was like, "I gotta compete, man! I I gotta do what I can, <laughs> what I can to get in." in their world and uh it, it never happened unfortunately but that was crazy what about aim did you uh did you use aim that was big i remember that being big when i was a kid oh yeah yeah my uh i had raptor 442x that was my that was my name dope <laughs> literally for no other reason other than just i tried to think of something that sounded cool that was the only reason why i chose it i was like dude a raptor be kind of cool <laughs> Dude, dinosaurs are kind of cool. That, that was, and then Raptor four four two was taken. So I was like, let me add an X. 
Well, so that's what I did. I have a actual like embarrassing story about AIM, <laughs> and I've talked about it on the show before, but I don't remember what episode it was. So, I I used to talk to girls because in Coon Rapids, the town that I lived in, it was so highly populated that they had to sp- split up the middle schools, and so. Mm-hmm. You had Coon Rapids Middle School. Everybody that went to Coon Rapids Middle School was going to go to Coon Rapids High School. And then you had Northdale Middle School, and that was going to be like 60-40% where uh, – like a 60-40 split where 60% were going to go to Blaine High School and 40% were going to go to Coon Rapids High School. So it kind of – it was a good practice to kind of get to know people that went to Coon Rapids Middle School because eventually you'd be in high school with them. And I played sports too, so – some of the people I played sports with went to that middle school, so I got to meet some girls through there. But there was specifically <laughs> specifically a couple girls that I met over AIM, and I do met with quotation marks, and we talked literally all day, and there were these two girls that I talked to, and one of them uh, and I ended up dating. Like, after talking all day, we decided that we wanted to be boyfriend and girlfriend. And then... <laughs> She saw a picture of me, <laughs> and she thought I was so unattractive that she decided she didn't want to be with me anymore. Oh my, dude! How did you feel about that? That would like be oh, pretty dude. upsetting for well, me. Well, I told you. I and I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, but I'm pretty sure my dad <laughs> straight up told me I was ugly when I was a kid. I also got told by a girl that her dad told her, "Why are you talking to that boy? He's ugly." So, so I had, I had a lot of like, oh shit. A lot of people think I'm ugly. <laughs> and dude, so it's I was crazy really that ins- you become this handsome now. Exactly, I'm so, <laughs> dude. See, well, talk about a turnaround. Talk about a turnaround. From the bottom, now we. Eat. Um, but yeah, so I was like really insecure about it. But then uh, there was this other girl that ended up being my backup plan, kind of from that same day. But then I saw a picture of her, and I'm, <laughs> I'm not really interested in her. So, I wasn't any better. <laughs> Good times. Yeah, all I did with uh, Instant Messenger. So I, I actually did get. A, I had a, a girlfriend. My first girlfriend was in seventh grade. If you want to count it, it was for like four weeks. But I remember when I got Instant Messenger, I would use it sometimes to just like pretend I was other people. <laughs> like not not to do anything bad, but I would just be like, "Hey, what's up?" People would be like, "Who is this?" And then I would just, if I, I've mentioned this before, but when they would say, who is this? I'd say, guess. And whoever they said is just who I would say, oh, how'd you get it? And I would just play that person for the rest of the chat. That's pretty clever, actually. <laughs> Dude, it was pretty fun to do that. Because I would be like, all right, I got to look something up. How am I going to figure out what to talk about? <laughs> like, <laughs> it was really stupid. Steven was the first troll of all time. <laughs> Dude, I was totally a troll. I honestly was a troll back then. For real, I was also admit. This is the decade that I did the uh, prank phone calls, where I was like, "Hey, two thousands Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon, jeez." Uh, in the two thousands, Nickelodeon continued its streak of the great ninety shows. What were some of your favorite two thousands shows? You mentioned a few, like Drake and Josh, Fairly Odd Parents, SpongeBob, which is right in the cusp. I think the first episode actually came out technically in ninety nine. It did after I looked this up. It did, but I included uh, it because most of it was so any of these that are in yeah. here, most of their airtime was in the two thousands, which is why I included them. Jimmy Neutron, Rocket Power, the most overrated show, Zoe one oh one, 
Danny Phantom wasn't the biggest fan of. Invader Zim wasn't the biggest fan of. The Last Airbender I really didn't watch. All growing up, I liked Dora the Explorer. Was like we were a little bit old for Dora the Explorer, but it was okay. Uh, Blue's Clues, I liked, and the Backyardians. We were a little bit old. Well, those are my thoughts on those. So I kind of watched Drake and Josh. Uh, Fairly Odd Parents, I liked. SpongeBob, I loved. Jimmy Neutron, I loved. Rocket Power, I definitely did think was overrated. Zoe 101, I didn't really watch, but I did like Jamie Lynn Spears, so I was a fan. Danny Phantom was okay. Invader Zim was okay. There actually there were a couple of Invader Zim episodes that I thought were hilarious. Uh, the Last Airbender, arguably one of my favorite like cartoon shows. It's so good. Um, I actually own every season. Uh, All Grown Up, uh, I don't remember watching a lot of that, but I do remember being pumped because Rugrats was like my favorite show of the '90s. So when oh yeah, yeah, yeah. when All Grown Up came out, I was like, "Yes, they're bringing it back! They're bringing back my childhood!" Even though I was still a child. Uh, Dora, the I mean, I, I was honestly the same way. Yeah, Dora the Explorer. That was my sister, one of my sister's favorite shows, so we watched it all the time. Blue's Clues, so Blue's Clues aired in the 90s as well. It was, I think, 1996 to 2006, so technically it was in the 2000s longer. Um, And I think, honestly, I liked it better when, uh, I think, wasn't it Steve first and then it was Joe or something for the people that, like, were the owner of, of Blue? Yeah, th- it it definitely was. I much preferred Steve, but oh, yeah. like Joe kind of walked into that. Like, yeah, it it kind of sucks when you're put in that position where it's like no matter what Joe was gonna do, people were not gonna like him as much. Right. I mean, Joe was probably actually fine, but he just he couldn't live it up, couldn't. live up to that hype. Like, no. hype was insane. And then the Backyardigans. By the time the Backyardigans came out, I was a little too. You and I probably both were a little too old for those kind of shows. But what I will say is. My, I had three younger sisters, so they did watch that show. And out of all of those like kid shows that were coming out at that time, I thought that was definitely one of the best ones. It was super creative. I liked the writing of it. And uh, I definitely probably would have loved that show when I was a, a lot younger. Yeah, I, I personally liked 90s shows a little bit more. But in the 2000 shows, yeah, out of those shows, I definitely... I'd say Drake and Josh and uh, Spongebob. I'd say those are my two favorites. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Okay, a couple other topics, and then we'll uh, move on to the final thoughts. So, the housing market collapse. Another another good, depressing topic. (laughs) Um, And then Obama was elected president. Do you remember how those things impacted life back then? Dude, the... The housing market collapse definitely impacted us, and so we ended up moving to Tennessee um, into a lot smaller of a house because of – well, not because of that. We also wanted to get out of the comfort zone. But just I, I remember that definitely being an impact on how, what happened in my life. Um, did it impact you at all? Do you remember? So for some reason, my dad's specific industry didn't take too big of a hit during this time. I'm not really sure why. Like now, I'm thinking in my head, like, why? Because it it does involve like construction to take place. But I think because of the industry, like maybe it was doing really well at the time, so it didn't hit us specifically as hard. And also, um, 
we always lived like we were never the family that like spent a bunch of money. We always like played it super conservatively. So we always were in a good place. We didn't like have this extravagant house or anything like that. So I always felt comfortable. But um, one of the girls that I was dating though, her family was really struggling with uh, finances at the time. And I remember like how stressful that was even just being um, like trying to be there for it. Like, well, her dad was looking for a job and they're just like, no one was hiring during that time. And it was just really tough. They were like, not sure if they're gonna be able to keep the house and stuff. So I didn't know if she was gonna have to move away. So, I mean, I definitely remember it wasn't a good time. Like I remember a lot of people, you could just get the sense that people were going through a lot of anxiety. Um, I definitely don't think I paid as much attention to stuff like this back then. Like I, I imagine if this was now, it would be, especially if I was like right there in it and I was affected like, my personal job, like, yeah, it probably bothered me a lot. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I do remember when Obama got elected, like, very distinctly. Yeah. That was, uh, that was kind of a cool moment. I remember specifically being bummed that I couldn't vote in that election because I really wanted to vote for for Obama. But it was I was so pumped when he ended up winning. Um, so I was really, really happy about that. I mean, who did he go get? McCain, right? You know, you know what's really funny about back then? I, I liked Obama more, but I was terrified of him to get elected. Like, I genuinely remember that I was terrified of him to get elected because I was afraid that our country was not going to be okay with it. And, I, like, in hindsight, that's, it's just crazy to think that that was just a genuine fear. Like, I remember part of me being like, as much as I want him to win, a little part of me is like, I'm scared. Like, I was really scared of that to be a thing. And um, Yeah. That's, it was a. It was just a big deal back then. That is an interesting perspective to, to think about. Well, and he was inheriting such a shitty situation too. So it's not mm-hmm. only the first black president, but it's also we had the housing market collapse and our economy was in the shitter. So for him to come in in that situation was there were a lot of things uh, that were. I mean, it's always going to be heavy to, to be the president of the United States, but that was pretty pretty insane. But I, I do remember... No, dude, it's easy, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but I do remember it being absolutely awesome that uh, I was so pumped that he got elected, personally. Yeah, it was it was definitely like a... It was a cool moment, and uh, even that, the entire presidency was pretty cool. Um, okay, let's, uh, let's compare the two. 90s and 2000s. How do they compare? And how do those compare to now? Well, I definitely, I, I think I am in the same boat as you. It's like when I, when I think of like Nickelodeon TV shows, you know, I think like the Rugrats, I don't think, I mean, I, I did love SpongeBob, but I think Rugrats was such a huge part of my like childhood. Like I wanted to be Tommy Pickles, <laughs> you yep. know? So it was like, <laughs> that was huge. And uh, Dragon Ball Z was big in the 90s too so that was like my favorite TV show Pokemon was big in the 90s so there yeah. were a lot of things like as a kid that were more enjoyable back in the 90s than in the 2000s but the 2000s was this shift because that was when we became, we became teenagers so things like My Chemical Romance and Taking Back Sunday and Spider-Man 2 that movie and just uh, even <laughs> This is gonna. High School Musical was big too because for me, I was the athlete slash artsy guy. So not that I was Troy Bolton. I, I, you know, I wasn't that 
much of a big dog, especially because I had moved from school to school. But I did have those thoughts of like, can I have both lives? Can I be both this athlete and be the like creative artsy one as well so like that was a big part and then when high school musical three came out when we were juniors so i saw that that was kind of a send-off um toy story three came out i think in at the end of our like high school career or not career but whatever at the end of high school so it was uh i don't know there were a lot of great things about the 2000s but uh 90s was pretty great too What, what do you think uh i mean i'm definitely i would say 90s has a definite like special place in my heart. I think like TV show wise, um, style wise, like I don't know, there's a lot of interesting things in the 90s that I'm a big fan of. Um, but the 2000s is the big difference between the 90s and 2000s to me was like the 2000s is when we became like our own people. Like we had our own thoughts. It was like when we finally started to develop a sense of what we were and what we wanted and like. We did things that made us cool. Like, in the 90s, I wasn't really thinking about, like, how am I going to be the cool kid? It was just like, hey, you want to hang out? Um, 2000s was actually like, well, how do I yeah. How do I be cool? So it's funny to think of the things I thought were cool in the 2000s. Um, 2000s is when I really – well, I guess technically 1999 is when I got into baseball, so, like, one year off. But, like, 2000s was, like, my baseball uh, – my baseball life. Um so, I mean, they're they're both really great decades. The biggest difference between back then um, and now is, I mean, in the 90s, it, there was, like, really, I'd never used the internet. <laughs> like, pretty much never. And then in the 2000s, the internet was still, like, kind of slow. And I didn't use a smartphone. I didn't have a smartphone until the 2010s. Um, so there, there was a different feeling of, like, getting done with your school day and then like going home and like logging on a computer. But even that I didn't do that often. Like I really didn't, I genuinely didn't use computers that much, like, and use the internet a lot until probably like sometime in the 2010s. And it's, it's weird to think about. That's the biggest difference. Like I just, I lived like way more in the moment. And I feel like nowadays it's like everything happened so quickly. Like when back then it was, you had to, there was all this anticipation building up of, oh my God, like my favorite show is going to be out at the end of this week. You just don't have those moments as much anymore. And that's, that's probably like the biggest drawback, but dude, it beats the hell out of going to the library and having to like check out a magazine to find a source to use for your damn papers. Fuck those times. <laughs> oh yeah. I was actually, my, hated it. my, one of my sisters just started going to college and I advised her to get an ebook rather than a regular book because with an ebook you can use the control F function to find a specific passage that you're looking for. So if you get like worksheets that asks in chapter two, what did the author say about, uh, this you can control f the question or like the theme of the question to try to find where in the book it is like having that included now compared to like just like you said having to go to the library and get all these different all right i need everything that you got on uh detectives in the 80s (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) i don't miss those times at all yeah exactly another thing you did make me think about the 2000s was the development of my big fascination with video games because xbox came out and halo (laughs) came out so what i wanted to do when i got home from school was play those and so there was like this battle between not a battle but my parents like 
no, you can't just play video games all the time. You got to read some books and stuff. But I do remember the 2000s was a huge... I mean, the 90s had the PlayStation, but when the Xbox came out in the 2000s, that was, like, life-changing for me. So I didn't want to mention that. What do you think is the biggest difference between the those two decades and nowadays? Uh, well, we talked about... Um, social media a little bit with with the 2000s how it was kind of on the on the rise um but now it's like social media is your is is almost its own currency like how many followers you have on instagram and twitter and and you even see uh in the news antonio brown uh this receiver in the nfl he's like doing all this shit and it actually probably helps his brand because he has a social media presence and he has a brand to have his own persona online and he can post these things and have power from these things where back then you had similar receivers in the NFL like Terrell Owens and and uh, Chad Johnson or Chad Ochocinco rather and uh, they did the same <laughs> kind of shit and they were pretty much ostracized from from the NFL eventually so I think social media and the your your public persona and presence has definitely become a whole new monster now compared to then anything that we missed or any final thoughts not that I can think of what you got anything no I mean the the emo thing was the one thing I wanted to make sure that we got into this but no I mean this was a uh, the 2000s are a super pivotal time in realizing like that you have feelings for people and yeah i don't know you're, well, you're becoming a you're becoming a young man <laughs> let's just reiterate that the reason we're specifically saying that about the 2000s cuz that was when we became teenagers that specific thing doesn't have anything to do with the two th- it's not like everyone became a man in the 2000s that's just Dude. because the Wait, 2000s talking- <laughs> is when Stephen and I started becoming men. So I just wanted to... Wait, is this up. different for other people, you're saying? Yep, it is. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Also, yeah. I mean, I was actually, also, I don't know what I was going to say with that. I just... It was a good, good times. <laughs> Great times. <laughs> All right, well, again, we apologize to everyone who thought we were going to be talking about the number 70 today. I know a lot of people... <laughs> are really upset and i'm looking at it now i realize i just put that this was episode 69 for some reason yeah on the script i changed it to 70 on my version i was like i don't know what you're doing um but yeah so sorry about that for everybody who was really excited about that topic i did have a lot of fun talking about this we were excited for this episode we actually talked about having tim and gentry do this episode but we didn't think it was as appropriate as time travel so we switched things up a little bit um next week we're going to be talking about uh the concept of facing things versus sweeping them under the rug which might be a nice uh conversation to have Uh, we've definitely had people in our lives that fall on both sides of the spectrum so i'm sure that'll bring some fire out of me and uh steven oh yeah you excited for that one i'm i'm pretty pumped about it yeah cool well if you guys want to comment or question anything you can email us emgpod at gmail.com check out our YouTube page there's going to be a lot more content coming out 
what we've kind of talked about is doing highlight clips. So if there's ever a time when you're not sure you want to listen to an episode, you can go to our YouTube page, the Everything Must Go podcast YouTube page, and there will be highlight clips from specific episodes. Uh, It'll be the episodes that we've had video from, but you'll get to watch those and uh, see if you are interested in uh, listening to the entire episode. So subscribe to that page, give those videos a, a like. Do you want to say anything on that? Sound like you're gonna? Uh, yeah, don't just just definitely check that out. Um, just as like a side note, I wanted to say thank you for I, everyone who's helped me get to 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. I haven't got a chance to say that in any of the podcast episodes, but. Um, I include the podcast link in all of my personal YouTube channel uh, descriptions. So subscribe to that channel. We're going to be putting more content on there. I'm looking forward to that because I just think that it's nice sometimes to just do highlights because it's like, there's this whole episode, I don't have time. Just show me like one specific thing. We got you. We got you covered on that. We got you. And as far as other places you can find us, uh, EMG... Our, our handle is at EMGPod. I think that's the same for Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to leave us a voicemail, I know that uh, that's a really popular option for a lot of people. Call in at 513-427-EMG5. Again, that's 513-427-EMG5. We will play your voicemail on the air. And, uh, yeah, other than that, we'll talk to you next time. Take it easy. Oh,